Greetings and welcome to the worship services of Alamo First Baptist Church. I'm Brother Chris Rigby. I'm standing here this morning in front of our bell. This is the original bell that was at our old location uh, years ago. It uh, was there when the church was first built and it was always a call to worship. Well, when we moved to our new campus here several years ago, we brought it with us. And not too long ago, we got to put it up. We're so excited about it because it reminds us that we're coming together into this building to worship. And we are excited that today you've decided to tune in to our broadcast to worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our prayer this morning is that you will see the great love that Jesus has for you and the great love that we have for you as well this morning as we worship together. We look forward to meeting you and your family and we invite you to be a part of any of our worship services, our activities or ministries here and if you'd like to get in touch with us, probably the best way to do that is just drop us a line at our email address, alamofirstbaptist at gmail.com. All of it spelled out, just gmail.com, alamofirstbaptist. We look forward this morning to worshiping with you. We pray God's blessings upon you and your family as we go inside now and we worship together. Let's go ring that bell for Jesus.
21. And uh, what an already better Easter this year than it was last year. Amen? It is good to be in the house of the Lord. And I don't know any better way to start any service, let alone an Easter Sunday morning service, than that with a baptism and public profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and this year we've got uh, two young Christians, two young Christian girls that are coming to make public their profession of faith in Jesus. When we think about baptism, we think about what the Bible teaches us. We think automatically about the Lord Jesus Christ. He was baptized there by John in the Jordan. And the Bible tells us that the Father said from above that this was His Son in whom He is well pleased. And I truly believe that at any time that we have this commitment of our lives publicly like this in the world, that the Father is there once again in heaven saying to all those who are there that this is my beloved child in whom I'm well pleased today. And then we also think about that story in Acts where Philip uh, is going along and he's going to this Ethiopian eunuch and we're talking about the Bible and the prophecy out of Isaiah. And Philip begins to explain to him how Christ is that promised Messiah, how he came and how he died and gave his life. And, and through Jesus Christ, we have that uh, eternal life and that forgiveness of sin. And that Ethiopian said to Philip, he said, what prevents me from being baptized? Here is water. And the Bible tells us that both Philip and that Ethiopian went down into the water together and Philip baptized that Ethiopian. And when he came up out of the water, the Bible says that the Spirit caught Philip away. And all that remained was the Ethiopian. But there was a newness and a joy of heart. And the Bible says that that Ethiopian went on his way in a new joy. And then we think about what Jesus said to the disciples. As he was getting ready to ascend and go back into heaven, and he was given those final marching orders, he gave what we call the Great Commission to go into all the lands, to go into all this world, uh, seeking uh, those who are lost to be saved. And he, and he tells them, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And this morning, here we are, 2,000 years after that event, still looking for his soon coming again. But we, the church, are being faithful to keeping the great command of the Lord Jesus Christ any time that we come together and we baptize those who love the Lord. And so today, we rejoice in the fulfillment of the Word of God and in the joy that comes not only to these young girls, but to their family and to the family of God. upon your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and for the remission of your sins, I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Buried with Christ, risen 
in the name of life. I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, for the remission of your sins. Amen. Buried with Christ, risen in the newness of life. Forgive us. Would you pray with me this morning? Our most gracious Heavenly Father, we rejoice at Leah and, and Abby's profession of faith here this morning and their commitment of heart to you. And Lord, we pray as Christians we find our commitment to you strengthened, our resolve deepened. And Lord, just help us to commit to be that witness that we may see others come and make this public profession of life and the noble joy that comes from having a relationship with you, Jesus. Lord Jesus, we celebrate today your resurrection, and we celebrate the power of your resurrection in us. And Lord, just write upon our hearts that joy that only you give that we can share with others. In your mighty name today, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. It is good to see you here. Why don't you stand with me as we continue to celebrate our resurrected Lord and Savior. Christ the Lord is risen today. Hallelujah. Sons of men and angels say, Hallelujah. Raise your joy to triumph. Hallelujah, singing heaven and earth be 
very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Suddenly, two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them and said, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Why do you seek the living among the dead? A question that cuts right to the heart. That day, the women found an empty tomb that once held a crucified Christ. So the angels asked them this very profound question. Why do you seek the living among the dead? That same question echoes in our hearts today. Why do we seek life in things that lead to death? Why do we look for a savior in all the wrong places? We want to live life to the fullest, but we chase the things that ultimately kill us. Why do we search for fulfillment and emptiness? Why do we seek the living among the dead? But that same question contains a sense of celebration. The ultimate sacrifice of Jesus was successful. Death couldn't stop him, hell couldn't hold him, and sin couldn't beat him. Jesus died so that we could live. He took our place, accepting the death that we deserve so that we could live with him forever. Because of his sacrifice, our lives don't end with death. And now we can celebrate. Not because he was crucified, but because he rose. Not because he died, but because he lives. And when we gather together in his name, he is with us. Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not there. He is here. Thank you.
Good morning. It is so good to see you this morning. What a great service uh, already this morning. And uh, we're excited about, uh, in just a little bit, our younger kids and middle kids are going to be coming and, and doing uh, some Easter music for us and, and telling us about the joy that comes from the Lord Jesus Christ that lives in our heart. Just a couple of announcements. Uh, there is a new devotion group that's going to be starting this week on Tuesdays at 10 a.m. It's really open to anyone, so if you're looking for something uh, that would be encouraging during the week to do, uh, Tuesdays at 10 a.m., uh, there's going to be a new group here. We'll be out in the uh, old fellowship uh, area here, and so you come and be a part of that. And I want to thank yesterday, uh, Megan and all of the, the workers and the committee that did such a great job with our Easter egg hunt. I hope to get the, the, the pictures online uh, this afternoon. But anyway, it is good to see you this morning. We're glad that you're here. Get up. You come on up here, all right?
and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. And then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. And he saw the linen cloths lying there, the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying, but the linen cloth that folded in place by itself. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw it, and believed. Don't some words believe. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes, of course, to tell the good news. I can remember as a young boy, one of my heroes, one of my, I guess, uh, idols that I always thought that we really need to grow up and be like to have a life like him was Elvis Presley. I guess part of the reason was my folks, their first date was the Elvis Presley movie, and Mom and Dad loved Elvis, and Dad had every Elvis album that had ever come out on the track, and we, we had uh, Elvis all year round. We had uh, even the gospel album that Elvis sang, and so we often listened to it around Easter time, and we had the Christmas album that Christmas, we would listen to his Christmas uh, songs, and then throughout the year, we just listened to all the other things that, that he would do, and he would always do, you know, Maybe some more rock and roll, something, some kind of uh, other uh, uh, form of music. But uh, Elvis was just it. And another reason I think that I love Elvis is because he was a hometown boy, so to speak. I, I know he was born in Tupelo, uh, Mississippi, which was that was a great thing because I was a Mississippi-born boy as well. But he was a Memphis uh, son. He lived in Memphis and then. Being raised in Jackson, not too far away from Memphis, you know, he was in our backyard. And so, to me, as a kid, anytime those movies would come on, I'd watch it because, you know, well, you know, the girls liked him, and he could, and he could fight, he, he knew karate, and we just followed Elvis real, uh, real close in my family, and I just loved him. Now, how many of you young people don't know who know who Elvis is? You got anybody here? Oh, my goodness. Go to home. Don't go home and educate these children. Bless their poor little hearts. I knew this was going to probably date me a little bit. Then date me some of them. Some of them. But I can remember the day that uh, the Memphis News came on and we got the word that Elvis Presley had died. It broke my heart. I remember going out to the side house, sitting on the little hill that was uh, next to our house, under the tree, and looking up and thinking, Lord, why? Elvis have to die. And what would life be like now without Elvis? I, I, I think I was, I was a kid already. I just, I couldn't get over that someone as powerful and rich, famous, could die. Now, having uh, grown up liking Elvis and, and following Elvis and being this close to his home, you would think, we probably would have gone to Elvis' house. But strangely enough, it's one of those weird things. I bet me and you probably there within the grace room. Just because, just because it's in our backyard doesn't mean we, we go, right? And I, we've driven by there as kids. Uh, uh, Dad had driven by there a few times and said, hey, that's Elvis' house. But we never did go and do a tour or anything like that. 
It wasn't that many years later that we had some friends that came out from a former church and Pam and I were married and they were like, y'all have never been to Elvis' house. That's one of the reasons we've come to West Tennessee. Not only to see y'all, but to go by and see where Elvis' house is at. And those little But let's go. So we went through, finally did the tour 10 years ago. And I don't know about you, if you've been through it, it's a little bit kind of, uh, well, it's not quite what you might think it would be, particularly in that it was, you know, a house in the 60s and the 70s, so to speak. And then uh, it was very little big as you would think it would be. But one of the last things that you would do as you go through the tour is you come to the back where Elvis is there. Now, I thought about that, you know, through the years. Every birthday, Every anniversary of his death, how there would be throngs of people who would lie along those walls outside of Graceland. And they would mourn and they would cry and they would weep and they would feel bad. The Elvis is dead. And you know, for years there were folks saying, We think he's still alive. You'd have folks saying, I think we've seen him. We think we've seen him. Or your rumors, he's living over in. Uh, West Thompson or Minnesota, or he's living in, you know, uh, the Caribbean somewhere. And then, of course, no one could ever say. And I think everyone has finally come to grips now that Elvis Presley is actually in the grave there in Graceland because he died years ago. What separates Jesus from any other death is this. Jesus did not stay in the grave. The reason we're here today, the reason you're here today to worship the Lord Jesus Christ is because the grave is empty. You can still go visit the grave of Elvis, and Elvis is still there. You can go visit the grave of many others who are religious figures uh, that uh, people worship today. Muhammad still in the grave. But dear friend, you can go to Jerusalem. You can go to the tomb where they say that the tomb of Jesus was, was laid. I like what the Bible tells us about that tomb. It was a fallen tomb. Jesus didn't need a permanent tomb. He just needed a place to lay his head for a few days. So on that third day, on that Sunday, that first Easter, Jesus rose from the dead. Let me give you real quickly just a few things on what the empty tomb means to us. Number one, it means God is faithful. God made a promise, and God kept his promise. Number two, it means that God is fearful. Listen, the greatest threat, the greatest enemy to life is what? Death. If a God could defeat death, that is a God to respect him. God is a fearful God, and if we respect him, God is forgiving. You know, I was telling the kids yesterday at the Easter egg hunt, you know, anybody can make you a promise. The measure of a promise is what? Can someone keep that promise? Anyone can say, well, I'll die for your sins. You can lay upon me the sins of your life. But can they ride with you? You see, that's what separates Jesus. Jesus not only made the promise to forgive us of our sins, but he made the promise to bury our sins and rise up victorious over our sins. That's what gives him the right to forgive our sins. God is 
Jesus, rising from the dead, that empty tomb tells us God is forever, and that we have a promise of being with God forever. It tells us that God is favoring us. I mean, you know, it's one thing to say that God came and experienced life as a person, but you know, nowhere along the way in that journey did God stop short. You know, God didn't say, okay, you know, I've lived 30 something years, that's enough, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, check on back into heaven. No, God Himself went through the valley of the shadow of death. That tells us that God favors us, He, he loves us, He wanted to go through what you and I go through in this life. God is freezing. You know, one of the most beautiful pictures is Jesus upon that cross in that his arms are open. And you know, another beautiful picture is that he is open. Not just to show us, listen, that Jesus came out. But did you read notes in the story? Friends, they did. And God said, you can come in. You can come into eternal life. You can come in to forgiveness and a relationship with me. And finally, the empty tomb tells us that God is for us. You know, I think the thing that you want more than anything else is freedom. You know, freedom is coveted in this world. You know, today we see we're struggling as a nation. We want to do with our borders and fences. And I know there's all kinds of false analogies of it. You know, I think one thing Americans agree on is this. We really don't blame anyone for having something wrong with this. I don't know about you, but I can't blame someone for having something wrong with it. I love my mother. I love my neighbors. And one of the greatest blessings that we have is freedom. Freedom to come to church, freedom to worship, freedom to stay home if you want to. We have freedom in our land. Freedom. You know why people want to come to religion? Because Christ Freedom to love. Freedom to live a life that knows that it has meaning and purpose and value and reason. But not only freedom to live life, but freedom to take the, the missteps and the sins of life and remove them from the life of someone else. And then finally, freedom to know that forever and forever and forever, you're with God. New creatures in Christ, made whole, one day set free to live as God intended us to live. That's what our first Tuesday matters to me. You know, this morning I want to tell you that if you can step out and ask you this question, have you gone that direction? Have you gone that direction with Jesus Christ? And as God himself tells us, Put your burdens to the Lord. Both Andrew and Ed have told us that we are Jesus. Isn't it wonderful that a message so powerful can be put so simply by the name of Simon that the cross is preached in vain? But it's more than that, friends. He has done more than that. Along comes the freedom. Would you pray with me this morning? Heavenly Father, this morning, if someone here, if someone listening today has yet to put their faith and trust in you as Lord and Savior, we pray today, this day, your day, the resurrection day, 
We pray God's blessings upon you as you worship with us today. If God has led you to make a decision today for Jesus, we would love to hear about it. We invite you to come to our website, cometothecross.net. Our online decision card will allow you to tell us about the decision that you're making. All decisions, all contacts are kept private and are confidential. However, we would be able to pray for you and perhaps I'd even be able to call you and pray with you about what God has led you to do if you so desire. So fill out the form, let us know, and just know that we love you and God loves you. And we're excited that you're taking this first step for God today.